0: Okay, you guys big news this April 18th. I am hosting my first ever live recorded episode of big mood that you are invited to this is going to be so awesome. I'm hosting it on April 18th at 7 p.m in the BHS auditorium here in Batesville this night is going to feature a conversation between myself and BCSD superintendent Paul Ketchum as well as two BHS students who are super awesome our conversation is really going to focus on how we can make schools better places for all learners and really just focus on what school culture is and what it currently needs now as with all my episodes, you don't have to be involved with schools at all in order to learn and to appreciate what's going on. So I'm inviting all of you to come out to this free event. Yes, it's free and tickets are available on my website, paulsatchwell.com. You can also RSVP and share the event on Facebook from the Batesville Area Arts Council, Indiana page. I am so excited about this and I just wanted to tell you about it. So now to the episode. Hi guys, let's get right to the episode. This episode I'm so excited to be interviewing my assistant principal, one of my bosses, Justin Tucker. I wanted to have this conversation with him because I really view him as someone who practices radical kindness now that phrase might seem a little unusual given the fact that he's an assistant principal but that's what I love about this episode he explains so much what that means and how he puts it into practice every day and how everyone not just school people um, teachers principals assistant principals um, not just us but how everyone can practice radical kindness every single day so I'm gonna get to the show hi Justin Hey, Paul, how are you? <laughs> doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I am too. And I think that uh, the students that we work with uh, will be particularly interested in this episode. I don't know, right? <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I hope so. Because I think that one of the interesting things about your position is that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that maybe you don't interact with as many students as you did when you were in the classroom, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: It's a totally different type of um, position, obviously. Um The you get a lot more um, Mm one-on-one conversations and relationships than what you would um, potentially in the classroom. You know, it gets a lot deeper for sure.
0: Yeah, but having said that, I think that, I mean, one of the reasons why I had you on here is because I see, you know, those personal connections as a strength of yours. And so even though, you know, you're not in front of the classroom with, you know, 100 students every day, I still see you Interacting with students all the time in the hallways or at lunch or wherever you are, and I think that that's that's kind of unique. You know, in other schools I've been in, you can spend a whole week without seeing your principal or vice principal. You know, in the hall. So I think that that's one of your that's something unique about you is that even though you're not in that position, you are you still go out of your way to make that happen.
1: Sure, absolutely, yeah. And that was definitely a learned um, thing to go for, uh, which I know we'll get in that conversation a little bit later in terms of in terms in terms of how you get to that
0: point eventually. Hmm. Sure. So starting off, something I like to ask kind of all my guests is to kind of, to kind of give a, a glimpse for people who maybe haven't stepped foot in a school since they were in high school. What do, what do schools look like these days?
1: Um, and I think that's a great question because um, the, the unique thing about education is that everybody that's graduated has obviously been through school or every person in the United States of America has been through school mm-hmm. at one point point. Um, and if you've done something that means you believe you're the expert on it but ultimately things have changed so much even since I graduated even since you graduated yeah um, the big thing I think that has changed school landscape is just uh, social media which has changed mm-hmm. pretty much the world in general but really affects young people um, in education because um, the the school landscape so for instance let's say that you don't enjoy school and you don't enjoy mm-hmm. the social um, part of school which I think is the, one of the greatest parts obviously that's something I really enjoy yeah. uh, being a part of but is the fact of you can't escape it because if you're mm-hmm. on social media, you can't, you don't escape the hallways. You eventually, those hallways go home with you. Mm. Um, then you come back the next day with the same, um, you know what that other person did last night, or really you're just trying to get away and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, what social media has also created is, is also created something that, you know, I'm not interested in this right now. So I'm going to then click on this app and then I'm going to be interested in this. Mm -hmm. So my attention span is going to be shortened. Um, So in terms of like when I was in school, when Facebook was just kind of beginning, um, I had to log into a desktop computer mainly to to go see (laughs) Facebook. Now it's like my teacher's boring. I can pull out my cell phone and and look real quick. So I think in turn, what that creates is is our teachers have got to be even better than what they were before. And I, Mm -hmm. I think when I had them, they were great. So that makes that makes teachers have to be even better than what they were before because they're going to have to match the attention spans of where our students currently are. Um, because, you know, and, and I'm included with this, you want, you know, immediate feedback, you want immediate results, Mm -hmm. you want, um, you want to, you know, be entertained immediately. And if you're not, you're bored and you're looking out the window. Um, so it really, it has changed the way schools are because I think, um, in a lot of ways, um, A lot of your listeners may be a part of the school day, you know, back when they were in high school. That you know, if the teacher taught it and I didn't get it, it was my fault. Mm -hmm. Um, Where that's kind of flipped a little bit. Where you know, if the if the teacher taught it and the students didn't get it, well, now it's kind of the teacher's fault because the teacher needs to challenge themselves to Mm -hmm. make sure to to address every single student um, in every individual way possible. Um, And I think that's what makes our schools um, very unique now. Is because, for instance, if you walk. Um, into your classroom, you would see just entirely different, like flexible learning spaces and things mm-hmm. like that, which during the times we were in high school, that's that wasn't even a thought at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and that's only, you know, 10 years ago um, and less than that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is things that um, students are changing and students are evolving. Um, and, and that means the adults need to evolve just with it. I need to appreciate that involving rather than mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, these guys are so much different than when I was in
0: school. We got to appreciate that involvement because uh, if we're not ready for it, they're going to beat us to it. Right. And have you seen that process happening in, in this school uh, in terms of teachers getting better and anticipating the struggles that they'll face with the changing, you know, changing face of the student body?
1: I think what is always the best thing, particularly particularly uh, for our teachers, our teachers like truly love the kids. Like mm-hmm. it, it, and if you always keep that first, I think you always keep their interest in mind. Yeah. Um, so I, not necessarily. So absolutely in this school, I I definitely feel that way, and I feel that way. Um, if you go into teaching, that means you need to like kids. If you don't like yeah. kids, you're probably going <laughs> the wrong in um, the wrong profession for sure. Um, and if you genuinely like the people that you're working with, you're going to you're going to have that intrinsic motivation to push you Mm -hmm. to make sure to match what those students need. Um, And uh, so in regards to, you know, those students, you know, now wanting immediate feedback or immediate Mm -hmm. entertainment um, or or something that's engaging immediately rather than, Hey guys, you know, make sure you learn this because the quiz down the road, like, well, they know they're going to have a quiz on the road, but they need something more than that. Yeah, um, and I think I think teachers just do a really good job in in terms of knowing their students individually and being able to to meet meet their expectations, but also setting expectations so students know to meet those as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really encouraging to hear, and I think that part of that. Uh, culture of engaging learners comes from comes from the top, right? It, it kind of comes from the leadership within the schools. And one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted to one of the things I want to pick your brain about today is this concept of of radical kindness and how how I, how that's kind of a phrase that I associate with you, even though I've never heard you say it. <laughs> or you know, I've never said that. Yeah, in my but life. it's yeah. just something that uh, that kind of comes to mind when I think of you, which might be a bit of a surprise because you you are the assistant principal, and that's not always a position that's associated with kindness. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm, like, I'm I'm kind of thinking, you know, how do you practice, how do you kind of maintain and practice that positivity, even in a role that is, is very historically, uh, you know, the the uh, discipline role within a school?
1: Sure. Um, and I will provide some, uh, some point to that. I told you that I was going to get to the point where, um, you know, that's a learned thing. At least it was for yeah. me because... Um, you know, I came four years ago, I started doing this and I was, I was teaching, um, at a junior high school. Um, and anyway, while I was teaching, it was very happy, very positive, funny, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a, it was a, I truly loved every second of of what I was doing, which was amazing. Um, and just, and got very lucky, um, with the position that I have now, um, did not want to necessarily get out of the classroom at all, loved it. Um, but knew that I, I, I wanted to affect, um, as much as I could from, from even a wider range. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's why I got into administration. And once I got into it, I still remember my first year because I, you know, when you like in a classroom, you have forced interaction all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm forced to be in the classroom with you and we're going to get along guys. Yeah. Cause we, I'm going to be with you for 180 days, 185 yeah. days or 180. And, uh, Anyway, in terms of the being an assistant principal, that is something that you don't have that forced interaction. Mm-hmm. You have that one on one forced interaction, um, but you don't have the whole school forced interaction really ever. And if you want to do that, you have to get out and go do it. So, anyway, I remember my first few months being an assistant principal and just being like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Yeah. You know, it's the, <laughs> I had the, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you go into a job where you deal with negative things consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like, you know, somebody's getting in trouble or somebody's suspended or, you know, somebody's had a life altering mm-hmm. thing occur. Um, and, and I was coming from a super positive situation. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm dealing with all this negativity yeah, all the time. And then, then I, you know, I, I, you know, go home or whatever and think about the day and just be like, oh, my gosh, there was not one positive thing from mm-hmm. that day. Um, so basically what I had to turn that is, is um, ended up really, um, really focusing on You know, like it's not necessarily about the negative things that are occurring during Mm -hmm. the day, and it's really all about your mindset. Um, So one day it just clicked, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna turn this thing that I feel so negative and just make it a positive experience. And truly, since that happened, um, I have really loved every second of Mm -hmm. what um, what I what it is to be an assistant principal. Because um, what I found is like. At any point, if I want to talk to anybody, I can go out and go walk the halls. Yeah. Um, I can. If I've had a negative day in the classroom, around the classroom, in the office, or something like that, the best part is, is nobody has a clue the conversations that mm-hmm. happen in this office. So when I walk outside, if I'm smiling, then everybody else is still smiling. Yeah. Um, everybody else is good too. Um, so it is something that that um, that it did take some learning to be able to, or, you know, it's like anything, you know, you learn your way through the process, whether it be, you know, a first year of teaching, we all know how that can be, um, or your first, first year working a new job of any kind, you know, you're going to go through some learning, um, situations initially, but once you find your niche, you're going to be able to move into that role. And, um, and that's kind of the way that, um, I've kind of approached this whole thing. So, Um, to get to the point of what you talked about radical kindness, um, because so so once you correlated that um, with me, like, like, what exactly do you mean by that?
0: I guess I just mean, so when I think of of that phrase, radical kindness, uh, radical is really kind of the key word, because it's kind of like kindness or positivity in the face of extreme negativity. So it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're looking at this Dark thing, like you mentioned, maybe it's maybe it's something you know, like oh, you're getting a Friday school, or it's something that is a lot darker, like you said, <laughs> sure. that's like some some rat, some um, you know intense moment in this young person's life, and all those all those little things are very formative in their you know in their their young adulthood, and so you see these things, and from the outside, they can be dark or they can be negative but I see radical kindness as an approach that is kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum of of all of that. And so it's just kind of these two things colliding. And I see that as a really, you know, instead of, of approaching negativity with negativity or anger with anger, it seems like consistently what I hear and what I see from you and in your position is approaching things with kindness. And now that can be, you know, like tough love or, you know, whatever, whatever other label you want to put on it. But I guess with, with radical kindness is kind of like always approaching things positively. And with a, with an intent to, uh, to teach a lesson or to, to kind of walk through something with someone rather than just saying, here's your discipline, see you next time you get in trouble, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Um, well, um,
1: I really appreciate that compliment. Um, I, I, I take that as a compliment. Crazy enough, I think some people might take that as a, like, oh my gosh, I'm being too nice. Um, right. I just think that's just so crazy that people would think that being nice sometimes is a, is a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I take that as a, as a really big compliment, so thank you for saying that. Now, um, something that, like in terms of, of where, I've always been kind of considered a glass half full type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like anybody I've ever talked to is always like, "Oh my gosh, glass half full." I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of always been, I guess, like a natural thing that's not, not forced. And that's what I would always tell any teacher or any any administrator or anybody who works in any job is: be yourself. If you're yourself, kids are going to see that. Other people are going to see that, and they're going to really um, build off of that. But mm-hmm. um, to to dig into where that like where that more deeply comes from, and where where I really made the decision where. Um, I, I am going to uh, be kind um, is, and this stems back to like 2010, somewhere in there. I was still sure. in college um, at the time. But if you remember like the Jaylen O'Connor-O'Brien feud, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. Kind whatsoever. of. Okay. But that was like a really big deal. I was like really into late shows mm-hmm. um, and, and really saw Conan O'Brien, like loved Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Um, and he took over um, the Tonight Show. Um, and it was a really huge deal at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but ultimately what happened is Jay Leno wanted to come back and take his show back over. Or something happened there at NBC where somebody wanted to come back. Yeah. And, uh, and Conor O'Brien was ultimately, you know, his life goal was to be the host of The Tonight Show, mm-hmm. gets The Tonight Show, and then gets it removed within one year. Um, and, and you could just see the disappointment in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember watching, and I believe it was his last show or last second or third show, Um, and he said this quote that was, it's not necessarily a super famous quote or anything, Mm -hmm. but I remember watching the episode and literally writing down the quote and, and I'm not, you know, you're, you're a huge writer, huge reader. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily either one of them. Um, so for me to do that is extremely different and out of the ordinary. Um, but what he said, uh, when I was watching that truly stuck with me and what he said is if you work hard in your kind, amazing things will happen. And that has always been something that has just absolutely stuck with me. Somebody that is going through the most negative time of his life. He got every dream goal Mm -hmm. he ever thought he was going to get by hosting this. And now he's going to be removed within a year. Not necessarily his fault, but just by, you know, the people above him or whatever. And he says, he looks at the audience and he says, if you work hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen hmm. and and i have literally lived by that quote I, under my we all you know, these quotes email, email yeah. threads i have a clock in here when i was mm-hmm. teaching that um when i left teaching that my other teachers got it for that's me that's awesome um it's very cool um but anyway that is something that i've always tried to, to leave with students as well and that's something that has really like genuinely led me there are times where you know it's like gosh you know, what am I gonna do in this situation? It truly brings you back to that. If you work hard and what you're doing and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I have just gotten so lucky with the amount of things that have occurred to me and I feel like it's because you just always think positive, always yeah, work that. hard, always be kind. Um, and, and truly those things occur for you um, and occur for, for kids as well. And like, for instance, you brought up the fact that like, you know, like, well, you're gonna get a Friday school, you know, you're in trouble, I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Like. If you're working in these roles, you you have to understand whether it be teaching or administration, you have to understand that you're going to see that kid again. Yeah. At some point, right. most likely in this, um, you know, in in this job, in the job that I have, um, the people that I see down here are not one time offenders. Mm-hmm. The major majority of them are repeat offenders. Right. Um, so why wouldn't I want to have a positive yeah. relationship with those people? And, and why wouldn't they want to have a positive relationship here? Because um, they're going to be here in... Really, from high school, we're our last step until we get into the Mm -hmm. real world. Um, So until we want to help them have a relationship with with someone um, who can, whether it's me or a teacher or uh, uh, our principal, um, to be able to guide them once they leave here and and have a relationship to be able to, before they get out there and don't have anybody Mm -hmm. to guide them, to have somebody that can help guide them into the right areas and understand that you don't always have to yell. You don't always have to scream. Yelling and screaming to me makes the situation worse. Mm-hmm. I just never have seen how yelling or screaming or how fighting or things, punching, what's that ever solved that ultimately mm-hmm. just usually creates more conflict. Yes. Um, now, there are times, you know, the tough love part where, or you need to get um, uh, assertive, I would mm-hmm. say, um, are definitely things that need to occur. Uh, but in terms of, of, of legitimately yelling while the student is sitting here crying and I'm screaming mm-hmm. in their face, that is just, oh, I just don't understand it. Um, so it is, um, I think the, uh, you know, back to the to the late night thing, you know, if you work hard and you're kind, amazing this will happen. Yeah. I, mean, I really like to, to throw that on kids too.
0: Yeah. And I like that, that last comment you made of kind of like throwing it on the kids and then maybe even holding them to some sort of similar expectation. Like you said, if you set earlier, you said, you know, if you set expectations or kind of like, you know, mile markers for students, the chances are, are pretty high that they'll meet yeah. them. Right. And I think that you know bringing students in who are are not the the typical students uh in the everyday classroom you know the students who you see are the students who like you said are kind of they're they're in here more than once and and kind of helping instill that in in those kids i think is is just so valuable because one thing that i'm i'm pretty passionate about in relation to this is you know we like you said we are the last step before they're they're kind of on their own. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and there's there's a lot less guidance and a lot more consequences, and a so, lot of live and learn moments once you get out. Yeah, of here. <laughs> yeah. And so if we have if we have the potential, you know, to guide students and and lead them in a certain direction, you know, in terms of kindness or positivity positivity, you know, why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we take up that that opportunity? So in terms of this radical kindness and, and and kind of working towards relationships, have you actually seen relationships form between this yourself and the students who come through your door, you know, multiple times a semester?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, and not not only that, but also you know, students who don't necessarily end up here. I think mm-hmm. um, if you know if, if you. Uh, create the persona that you are unapproachable, um, and negative and mean, Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, in terms of a teacher, you have that forced interaction as a principal or assistant principal, your interaction is really based upon how approachable you are, um, and how approachable you're willing to be. Um, and kids due to the fact of, of the fact that, you know, maybe they think I'm kind or maybe they, Mm -hmm. they feel I'm approachable, while I'm in the hallway, I willing to come up and have a conversation, a quick mm-hmm. five minute conversation yeah. between passing periods um, or, you know, a, a, just everything that goes along with that. But not only in the hallways, but then when you get in here, you know, if, if you approach it um, in, in a way of, of kindness and, you know, rather than, than a yelling type of role, instead, mm-hmm. it's a conversation, and a communication role. Because if I'm conversing with you and I tell you that, hey, here's the expectation you need to meet. Okay, you're, mm-hmm. I'm going to be extremely disappointed if this is not the expectation you, you then meet. Then the next time they come in here and they mm-hmm. fail at that communication, one of the first things they come in here and say is, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, to me, shows the relationship that has been built. Yeah, it is, wow. I mean, that is investment when when those kids are walking in here like, I'm sorry. I just had a temper tantrum, and I had to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can you can kind of laugh about it. Um, in some ways, because it's like, gosh, you know, you're not supposed yeah. to do that. Um, and they and they know too. And it's something like, all right, well, it'll never happen again, type of thing. Um, but it is, in 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 reality, for it's it's kind of like police. Uh, as you get. You know, in the adult world, Mm -hmm. when you, when you, if if the police come to your house, it's probably the worst day of your life. You've probably never had a a worse (laughs) day than this. Um, In a lot of the situations, you know, on the high school level, not Mm -hmm. that I'm the police, but in a lot of ways, this is where they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, This could be the worst day of their entire life. Um, and why would I want to make the worst day, the worst situation they've ever had in their entire life and make it 100 times worse? Yeah. Um, so instead we can have a conversation we can we can laugh a little bit, understand mm-hmm. there are consequences to the decisions that we make, but at the same time we, you know be able to look back on it and say, you know what I was able to learn from that through the through the communication mm-hmm. that we had through the conversation that we had, which I think um, I think is so important because, You know, it's it's always not to keep throwing out quotes, but it's 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 almost like that quote of, uh, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's really like I think that is so important um, when Mm -hmm. dealing with negative situations. Um, If you're in a negative situation, don't want to be yelled at and screamed at. What Mm -hmm. I would do in that situation, I would be I would immediately shut down. And just really, I would say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. And mm-hmm. after that, I would walk out of there and be like, man, I do not like that person.
0: Right. Um, and just do it again. I would not even
1: think of my consequences. Mm-hmm. I would think probably about how much I hated that person. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, which is a really negative way to say it. But, but in the end, I probably would. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but instead, if I have somebody that's communicating with me and talking about me, you know, what what exactly um, I did incorrectly or what mm-hmm. I did wrong, um, then that in turn, I'm going to say, you know, that person actually cares about me and really does want me to, to mm-hmm. do well. Um, and I think that is is such an important piece with, with teenagers um, is, you know, once again, throwing another quote of, you know, people don't care how much you know until they don't know, know how much you care. Right. Um, and if you're yelling at them, or you're, you know, not letting them speak or things like mm-hmm. that. In turn, they're looking at you like, man, you don't care about me at right. all. Right. And why would I care about what you have to say? Mm-hmm. But if you take that time to listen and that, you know, you talk about Generation Z and all the, but that's any generation, you know, if we take time to listen to anyone, mm-hmm. to any person, any human, we're going to, uh, we're going to get a lot more back in the long run. It's not necessarily always about the short
0: term and that immediate right.
1: moment. It's about, you know, let's look at this three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint in a lot of our students' cases for sure.
0: A lot of that really resonates with me, especially because I can see myself on that kind of, uh, you know, classroom management journey as well. Like my first year, there was one day where I assigned, it was awful. I gave like nine detentions in one period for something that was so trivial. It was like, they didn't turn in something. And I was like, you guys, you know, which is not me at all. And now like, like assigning, assigning like, uh, You know detentions or Friday schools whatever like that's just not really in my like classroom culture not and not to say that everything's perfect in there but it's just there's there's such a different approach to certain things that's like okay this student you know is is being obnoxious am I gonna gonna give them a piece of paper that's like you said gonna make them hate me Mm. or is this something that I can deal with internally and and maybe we can work through it together and I definitely have seen a very positive change not only in my classroom and in those students but also, just how much it, it helps me to, to not kind of always pivot to the negative response. You sure. know, it's really helped me personally uh, and, and kind of I've seen a lot more situations diffused that way than rather just like kicking them out. Because then eventually they're going to come back in and they're going to hold those feelings right. against you yeah. and then it's just going to be worse. You kick them
1: out, you've lost them. Probably, yeah. So
0: I, I know that it's valid and it's important to, to take those those routes sometimes. But for me, I really have seen that being more positive and kind of practicing that radical kindness does, it just works better. And I think that's important to acknowledge that.
1: To jump to jump in that same mm-hmm. um, piece is to bring it back to my teaching days. I, I My first year teaching, which I still remember, was, um, I remember it was like my first month, and I was like having issues, people turning in homework, something mm-hmm. very trivial. Yeah, you know? And I, I remember being so frustrated that my entire yeah. day was focused on the fact that these kids did not turn mm-hmm. in their homework. Um, and I literally went to my principal about it. Um, who had hired me and I went down to him and was talking to him and I was like man like these guys are not turning their homework and he stopped me for a second and I really learned from this moment Mm -hmm. I will never forget this moment but he said Justin look at your state standards he's like anywhere on the state standards where you're teaching he goes did it say you need to teach them how to turn in homework and Mm -hmm. and I was like no he goes you need to teach the state standards and everything else will come everything Mm -hmm. else will come with that um, and after I really started just focusing, like, here's what I need to teach, and here's how we're going to learn, and here's what we're mm-hmm. going to do. Like, once you buy into exactly what you're supposed to teach, and mm-hmm. stop worrying about the trivial, th- trivial things, then th- they see the passion that you're teaching with that. Which yeah. in turn, that means your stuff, more stuff's going to get turned in. And if not, let's move on. We can we can catch up with that at a different time. Mm-hmm. We can you and I can meet after school. You and I can meet before school. Right. Um, you know, maybe you just didn't have the opportunity to do it last night. Maybe mm-hmm. you go to a different home than what I right. was used to in my childhood, you know, type of different thing. So there's many different reasons for that, but that really changed... Change the game and the way I thought about education yeah. as a whole and stuff like that that you're right. referring to.
0: And you really have to come to terms with like, okay, what am I actually here to do? Am I here to right. get them to turn in a piece of paper, right? Or am I here to, you know, help them learn, and an impact, understand help them, help them, them better? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you know that that simple fact of not turning in homework that kind of feeds into some of the stereotypes. And, and it works and, for some though. I mean, it does that. Right. It does work for some people,
1: which is I you know applaud them for that yeah. for being able to. But for me, it was a different. You know, we all have our different roles and the way we want to mm. approach it. So exactly what you said. You know, what am I here to do? You know, yeah. some people are here to, to accomplish that, or some mm-hmm. people are
0: here to to do something else. So right, yeah, and it's kind of like you know that that phrase. You know, pick your battles, and and sometimes that's not the battle I'm willing. to, You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, but I think that that kind of feeds into some of the the stereotypes about this next generation, and and I'm kind of curious. You know. What are some of the things that you believe about this next generation either positive or negative? You know, what do you see in them when you see them, you know, day in and day out? Cuz we have this unique perspective of being with them so much when, you know, if you're not a parent of a student in this generation, then you're probably not around them very much, sure. unless they're busting your table right, or something. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you have kind of come to believe about this next generation, Generation Z? Um,
1: I think what is so awesome just about teenagers in general is, the, and and what's so we are so blessed to have the jobs that we have mm-hmm. because. Um, as you had mentioned, we get to be around these people every single day. Um, for instance, when you get to the adult world, um, not to sound very negative, but when you get to the adult world, um, your goals change, your mm-hmm. ideas on the world change, um, your, the, the thoughts on what you could be able to do change. Yeah. Um, like I want to change the world and then you get out and you're like, well, I can do this. you know yeah. I'll, I'll focus <laughs> on this. you know like what I love about generation Z and, and the people that we have in this building, and just teenagers in general um, is the fact that we're, we're talking to people, we're looking at people, we're seeing them with the passion that they have before they ever enter that world of
0: negativity. Yeah, They're
1: there and they just wow. have the world in their palms, of their hand. They're like, this is what I want to do. This is, I can't wait to go do this. And they have the passion. They have these big dreams and they're, you know, whatever it might be, whether it be – You know, something like being a professional YouTuber Mm -hmm. or something like I want to go be the person that's going to go engineer the next, you know, electrical car. Mm -hmm. Like every single one of these people here have a goal, have something in mind, and they have not been shut out yet. Yeah, And uh, and, and the word yet is a really wrong approach there probably because I don't think as adults we're ever necessarily shut out. Like our dreams are never like, nope, you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that you move on and you kind of get like – you know what? I'm comfortable here. Yeah. I'm comfortable. And reality in this. kind
0: of comes in, right? Reality picture. kind of, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: But, 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 it is so cool to be able to talk to kids and, and hear what their true dreams and mm-hmm. goals are. And you're like, wow! Like, do not give up on that, do right? Not, and you say that, and you say that, and you say that. Yeah. And once you get out, it's like, well, you know, I decided to do this instead. Yeah. It's like if. But really, there are some that
0: won't give up mm-hmm. well, um, and they're they're so intense as not even only as a generation but just that age group in general. and that's one thing that I just love is and it's it's either. You know they're they're at 100%, whether it's totally mad and angry or yeah. sad or excited, like they're always. I feel like at 100, which being in a room of 30 people who are at f- max capacity, whatever emotion they're feeling, <laughs> yes. is wild. And that I think is that's 100%. That's true. one of those yeah. things that, that makes this job fun. Is yeah. that like you kind of learn and and work toward navigating that that field. You know, and, and they're just always they're always going at yeah. full speed, yeah. whatever that yeah.
1: is. It's <laughs> very zero to a hundred, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. It's like either I'm too tired to do this today or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 100% in this emotion. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Which is really, I mean, that's genuine though. And that's where sometimes, you know, in the adult world is you don't necessarily get, um, no, I think, I, I mean... Sometimes you're guarded by it because Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, you've gone through life and you've been, you know, your back has been turned by this person or this has happened to you. Like we all have our own different personal stories. Um, But at that time, you pretty much trust most people, if not Mm -hmm. all. Um, And so you're willing to be open and genuine about literally every single thing, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is so important. And only if that could be all the time, you know, so... But yeah, I would, I, that's what I love about high school life for sure. Is that mm-hmm. that you truly get that true, genuine. Whether they love you or hate you, you're yeah. gonna feel it. Right. Yeah. It's very unfiltered. Right. Which, Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Uh,
0: which in a world where you know there's a filter on everything because right. social media is so easy to curate, that it's kind right. of that's true. Yeah. Refreshing, right. even when you know, uh, even like the other day in, um, in mythology, we were playing this like review game with the gods and goddesses where. They had to like play different cards and you could argue, you know, like my card could be your card because, and you know. And so they got really into it because they're high schoolers and that's what they do. And I loved it. But I had a student, I came over because they were legit arguing over, you know, mythology, which I was like, that's awesome. But they were arguing and I came over to kind of see, you know, moderate. And this student was literally like, you know, in, you know, out of love, I'm sure. He's like. She's like, Shut up, Mr. Satchwell, you're not involved in this fight. And I was like, okay. Like <laughs> Got it. he just was so invested in yeah, this, you right, know, yeah. and, and that's one of the fun things. But I think also we have this unique perspective, but from the outside there's so many stereotypes that surround young people just as a as a collective group. And I'm curious, you know, what are some stereotypes that you kind of hear and and are those stereotypes correct? in your experience with, with young people.
1: Sure. Um, I, I, uh, so for instance, you know, you you always have that, that image in your mind of, you know, when you watch TV and you see like the, you know, get off my lawn type of guy, like the kids are just for some reason running everywhere and, you know, just totally invading, Mm -hmm. you know, older people's spaces and they're just so ridiculous. (laughs) Um, and their attitudes are negative and everything else. Um, I definitely don't feel that um, the neg- the negative attitude of, of, of teenagers um, mm-hmm. in this generation. Um, I, I feel like a positive passion is what I feel. And sometimes I think they're just like, well, somebody just listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes that's all that they want. They just want that true investment. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I what I love about our schools, I think our schools – Teachers truly do. I think they really genuinely listen. I mean, truly, if we if we take all of these mm. all of our heads together and, and put them together, what we can do with a common goal, I think, is so mm. is so vital and um, and important moving forward. But anyway, in terms of the stereotypes, I mean, we were talking, you know, off of the recording before we had started this sure. so just kind of about like the whole like uh, they're on their phones all the time type of thing. You know, but when you really think about it, yeah, sure, that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, teenagers are on their phones consistently. Yes. That's how they communicate. That's what they do. That's what they've lived through. Um, but so do I, right? And so do you, same, yeah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, like, like uh, you know, it's one of those things. I, I actually had somebody the other day. It was like, man, do you realize you're on your phone all the time? Like when I'm uh, I was walking through the hallways the other day, I was mm-hmm. on my phone because um, I was walking through and I was literally like responding to a message or something mm-hmm. from. You know, like while I was at my desk having a face-to-face conversation with somebody, I couldn't necessarily answer while I was in here. Right. But I decided, you know, what? after that conversation, I'm going to get up, I'm going to walk around. So I had an opportunity to respond yeah, to some of my messages. Sure. Um, but what in turn that creates is kind of like, oh my gosh, like the, that person's just staring at their phone all the time. Right. Because well, that's what they see. <laughs> right. But if you think about <laughs> yeah. that from a teenager perspective, like sure in the hallways, all we see are kids making phone calls mm-hmm. or and it's their five-minute pass period, kids looking down on their phone. Well, for an hour and a half, they've been in class. Mm-hmm. So doing, and That's a long time to right, go your phone. <laughs> it's <Right, that's laughs> a long time. So I, I, I totally understand the fact that when they get out in the hallway, they're going to be on their phone because they've got five response, mm-hmm. you know, text messages from, you know, from mom. They've got three Snapchats from their boyfriend mm-hmm. or their girlfriend or whatever. And uh, it's like, that's the time that they have to respond mm-hmm. to that. So in terms of the time that we see them in their free time, um, you know, being on their phone. They're exactly like yeah. us. Like, you go walk in the teacher's lounge or walk, you know, into where people are eating. A lot of times, teachers are going to be on their phones yeah. catching up on things. Yeah. So that's their time to be able to do that.
0: So. And it's kind of like yawning in the sense that it's kind of contagious. You know, if you see someone pull out their phone, yeah, for sure. then someone else. Or it's kind of like at the end of the school day where you hear one person's bag zip and yeah, then everyone cool. starts to pack up, right? It's oh, kind of, yeah. You know, the last few minutes <laughs> of class, you're like, no, that's right. You, know, <laughs> like, no, you don't have time, seated, yeah. Right. But it's kind yeah. of that same sensation where, like, I, I can, I can keep it under control, but if one student kind of slips theirs out, out, and then I see all these screens light up, yeah. you know, it just, right. it just kind you of you're saying that
1: right now, like, makes me think about where my phone's at, right? right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: like yeah. where are my messages. So, Even last yeah. night, I. I was driving home from somewhere with my sister, and, and, you know, she was on her phone, and I was like, I'm literally driving, but I, like, have this urge to get on my phone. You yeah, know, no, like, sure, yeah, Like, being right. around other people, and I think that, you know... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 10 and 2 right
1: yeah, now. And I'm, yeah, yeah, like, I promise I was
0: not on my phone, but right, it was, yeah. it crossed my mind. Yeah,
1: oh, well, me too, I get that. I um, totally get that.
0: What about, kind of getting a little negative, sure. what about some challenges that that you see facing this generation, and especially in your position, feel like you see quite a few. Um, but what are some of the, the specific issues that, that this generation is kind of coming up against, especially as, you know, we're seeing the first of this generation start to enter adulthood? You know, they're 20, maybe 21 years old at this point. So what are some of the challenges that that you see them facing now?
1: Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I really feel like like a major positive of social media, but a major challenge is social mm-hmm. media. Because... It literally gives everyone a voice no matter the age, which I, sh- I right. think is appropriate and I think is important. But it also, whatever you say at 15 is permanently mm-hmm. on the internet until you're 70. Right. Um, which, you know, as, as we've seen, you know, with recent politicians or with, you know, celebrities, like, oh my gosh, you know, athletes. Yeah. You know, they, when they were 16, they tweeted this and maybe mm-hmm. they meant it as a total joke. Right. Um, but that's stuff that is going to mm-hmm. be seen. Um, so in terms of the challenges, I think sometimes... I think um, adults included, I think, but I do think something, you know, when you talk about just maturity in general, obviously somebody that's 30 is probably going to be more mature. I mean, I would sure. guess, I guess it'd be more mature, not in all cases, I would hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be more mature yeah. than somebody that's 16. Yeah. Um, now it doesn't mean they shouldn't have a voice, but it does mean that their filter on what they're going to put put publicly is probably a little bit more right. um, understanding because they just have more to lose when you're 30 yeah. than what you do necessarily when you're 16, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of a job or whatever. Um, but anyway, it, it, so a big challenge that I think is, is understanding the, what you put on the internet is truly there mm-hmm. forever. Um, and you need to understand that because when you're 35, you don't want something popping up from what you did when you were 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that is something that is hard to even fathom uh, when mm-hmm. you're in high school because, you know, I remember being back to high school and just posting something on Facebook. That at the time, that was obviously the kind of the well, MySpace and Facebook were the big deals. Sure. <laughs> but I couldn't even tell you what I posted on there. Right. But I can tell you when I look back now. I'm like, why did I yeah. ever post that? Oh my gosh, whatever it would have been. I couldn't even tell you what it was. I'm sure it wasn't very bad. Oh,
0: I know. But still, even I, just like, like dumb jokes. Yeah, or, right. You're like, yeah. Why
1: would yeah. I ever? I would I have, never now think about it. So anymore.
0: I, I have been. I've loved writing forever, and I had a blog when I was like probably maybe 10 and there's like nothing on there but there's just enough information that it pops up when you google my name and it's so dumb it's like you know my my name is Paul and my favorite color is yellow and I like this you know and it's just like oh my god it's so embarrassing and that's on there forever yeah Yeah, because I can't like I can't log in anymore, you know, and right. I think now it's kind of buried under, you know, different stuff that I've, I've kind of done that's popped up now, but I remember, like, my first couple years, a couple students found it, and I was so embarrassed, you know, yeah. and there's nothing on there that's, like, crim- incriminating, but sure. it's just yeah, that right. thought right. that, like, whatever you put out there, you know, you are... You're you're signing it off to the world. Yeah, and it's right. there Forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. And it,
1: it, it it will be cool to see. I don't necessarily know if "cool" is the right word, but it could be cool. Um, cool to see how it progresses in mm-hmm. the next 10, 15 years, and just see how um, social media continues to progress and yeah. explode in that, or if it becomes a little bit more filtered and mm-hmm. in, in the way that um, you can control what you're posting or who can see what, and um, right. you know, at least permanently, you know, down mm-hmm. the road, like. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of see how that develops. But yeah, yeah, I think that is like in terms of the challenges, the number one challenge um, that high schoolers face today and just this whole generation, because you know, as I had mentioned earlier, let's say you have a conflict at school. When we Mm -hmm. were in school, you could leave that conflict, yeah, Um, and you could leave it from you know three o'clock until eight a.m. the next day. So that entire evening, you could just leave it alone. Um, now, if you have a conflict at school, mm-hmm. that conflict most of the time is going to follow you home. Mm-hmm. They, if you have each other's social medias, emotions are high. You're going to respond back and forth to each other, maybe publicly. Yeah. So now more people are involved. And then when you come to school, now people want to see a show. Mm-hmm. And people are like, hey, you know, I heard you were had a conflict with this guy. And you had a conflict with this guy. Like, that is very hard to control when, it like what you had talked about earlier, emotions, you're at a hundred, yeah, you know, and no yeah, matter what the case the if you're upset, it's yeah. like, it's going to keep going all the way through the mm-hmm. evening. And then once you come back to school, um, but that's why I think teachers are so much more important. Not that, I mean, obviously they were extremely important to my life. That's mm-hmm. why I never got into education because sure. the great teachers that I had. Um, but I just think teachers each day get more important and more important and more mm-hmm. important because like they need resources. They need people to talk to, to go mm-hmm. to, because um, if they go and talk to one of their friends about something that's happening on social media, that they're part of that. Yeah, you know, that part. Right. Of, that You're not entire, going up. You're yeah, you got to, you got to move up yeah. and talk to somebody. So that's why you've got to be approachable mm-hmm. in, in today's world um, as, as an educator, because it is something that you know kids truly need you. Right. Teenagers need you. Um, when when dealing with those types of things. They need somebody to go to.
0: Right. And that's one that's one reality that is so kind of fascinating. Is, you know, gone are the days of just kind of direct instruction, here's your work, do right. it. Teacher student. You know, with, with episode one of this season I, I talked with my friend Heather who's a teacher. At another school in Indiana and you know I asked her you know what is it like to be a teacher these days and she was like well it kind of depends on what you want to hear because there's so many different facets of it now absolutely And, and I think that that's the same with with administration yeah and one thing that is really a takeaway from this conversation is you know that that you and I in our roles we have such a such a direct input of influence but there are so many people who who our students see outside of the school day and to wrap up, I'm curious how how you think that other people, you know, in older generations can can kind of be there and show up for this next generation and help them be successful, you know, when they're still in high school, but then also once once they're graduating and they're kind of taking baby steps into adulthood.
1: Sure, um, I I think it is definitely the word listen in terms mm-hmm. of what I talked about earlier, and also um, I've. You know, refer to this earlier that, you know, people don't care care how much you know until they know how much mm-hmm. you care. And I think that is something that, you know, if you, for instance, you know, as you move forward with life, you always learn what not to do or what you, mm-hmm. the mistakes that you've made. Yeah. Or if you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you have not got the opportunities to learn those yet. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that you're dumb. It does not mean that you have, you know, that I'm smarter than you. It just means that I've had more experience in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are multiple ways to approach that. Because I feel like all of us look, you know, when a teenager teenager makes a mistake and they're like, oh my gosh, I did that one time. Mm -hmm. I remember doing that. What a dumb thing that was. Um, But rather than approaching it as, um, looking at them and saying, you know, why'd you do that? That is so dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're an idiot are are approaching it in that facet. Instead, understand that we were all there once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes that's hard, even for teenagers to understand. Is that yeah. you know, Mr. Tucker was once a teenager, and right. Mr. Satchel was once yeah. a teenager going through the same things. That's just hard to. Um, I think they obviously know that, but yeah. it's hard to truly visualize. That. I, I agree. Um, so I think um, to to get to the specifics of the question, the the way to to uh, assist them along the way is to just always keep in mind that you are, as an adult, you were once in their shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, They have never been in your shoes before.
0: Right. Wow. Um,
1: So when, when you think about it that way, you just... You need to understand that it that is your job to guide. I mean, mm-hmm. it is your job to, to guide them towards that goal, not to tell them, you know, this was so dumb, you shouldn't do this. Yes, sometimes you have to vocalize that and tell, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously they already know that. They right. already know it was a yeah. dumb decision um, or, or whatever that they may have done. So it ultimately is about guiding them to the right place, but also understanding and letting them know that, hey, I was here once too, mm-hmm. and here's,
0: here's so I can assist. yeah. So, yeah, you know Dr. Brené Brown's work is is really fantastic, and she studies empathy, and and that's kind of her main her main goal is to teach people that you know if we can be empathetic and if we can practice you know putting ourselves in other people's shoes and, mm-hmm. and right. trying to understand and connect connect to their experiences, how how powerful that is in in um, you know helping to helping people recover because especially moving into adulthood it is hard and sure. so students will yeah. you know fall and have to get back up as as we all have in in regards to different things and you know as adults uh, and and i i try so hard not to do this and i'm sure you do too but it just happens sure. as adults yeah. we we kind of complain about them or you know why are they like this or maybe <laughs> the same thing yeah They're exactly sure. yeah, right. and and they deserve it yeah. Most yeah. Of the time. <laughs> that's right yeah but i i see adults complain about them and, and kind of complain about the future that they're ruining you know like especially in our generation millennials you know we've ruined right. everything absolutely. yeah absolutely. you know the yeah. diamond industry yeah, we, we've ruined yeah. it all oh yeah but but I rarely see people putting forth that same effort to kind of help create the future that they would want and I think a large part of that is is investing in the young people who will be that future right absolutely yeah I, I, I could not agree more with that with that comment for sure Sure. Well, Justin, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, have truly enjoyed, um, the experience it was nice to learn that your favorite color was yellow yeah it uh, was it was when you were 10 it was right yellow. right
0: uh, my favorite color now is even weirder though it's like a nice tan oh, which people man. get yeah they're like what like brown i've stopped <laughs> saying brown because people just get freaked out by that. sure yeah Yeah. that's really I'm specific a, yeah pretty neutral person i just go with blue yeah faithful blue yeah, that's right blue dogs. Yeah, that's, that's right uh well yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast thanks to you guys for listening If you liked this episode, or if you didn't, review it on iTunes, because either way, it's positive for me. And let your friends know what you've been listening to. And as always, this has been a big mood.